0: Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562 314 4603 for complete details.
1: Hey, y'all, I'm Bud Elliott, and this is Cover Three College Football Summer School. We've done our research on the teams and now we are bringing on the top team experts from the 24 7 Sports Network to help us fill in the blanks. Please follow us on Twitter at Cover Three Podcast. That's Cover Three Podcast. And leave us a five star review on Apple and Spotify. All right, classes in session. Hey, y'all. Welcome back in to the Cover 3 Buds College Football Summer School Series, and I'm joined now by Aaron Gershon of Cat's Paws to talk, that's right, Kentucky. And Aaron, welcome to the show, man. Appreciate you having me. Um, I'm excited to, to talk a little, little Kentucky Wildcats you guys are on quite a run there and for the team you cover 10 wins last year legitimate top 25 level team and most of the power ratings So maybe, maybe like a, a win uh, lucky but still like not much I mean they, they, they went out there and pretty much earned it uh, what I assume Kentucky fans
2: are, are riding high off that season right. Absolutely. And you could argue they could have had another win or two in there. Um, That's how good of a season it was. I think that Tennessee was obviously a really winnable game there that uh, 45, 42 kind of just no defense type game. And uh, Kentucky just has not been able to get by Tennessee, even when they're better than them. So that's kind of been the one bugaboo there, but yeah, I mean, anytime you get 10 wins in these parts, it's only happened uh, four times in program history now, two of the last four years uh Mark Stoops is really building something special you see the recruiting uh getting better and better I think they finished with the 13th best class in the nation for 22 uh, and they'll have some young kids in that class play right away and uh it's kind of they're getting to a point where it's reload it's not even rebuild when they have uh some attrition like they will this offseason with guys going to the NFL but uh you still have an experienced quarterback you bring back a lot of that and uh last season at 10 wins that they almost feel uh like inside the building they're not satisfied with that they want to do even better uh they really want to get to atlanta which is not going to be easy with georgia in that division uh but things are continuing to trend upwards and uh last year was just another solid year wow okay so th- this is this is why we do these i mean i i i'm
1: very impressed with what mark stoops has done and mm-hmm. like what he's continuing to build there as far as solidifying it and creating a A certain floor, you know, for this team, but I, I see a ton of uncertainty entering this year. So there's some some areas I want to ask you about. Um, Sure. First of all, you know, Liam Liam Cohen, uh, you know, leaving for the NFL. What are you expecting Anything different in terms of of tempo
2: or or scheme uh, out of Kentucky this year? so slightly different it's the guy that just hired rich Grillo, who comes from the 49ers as their quarterbacks coach he was the oc uh, for the denver broncos i believe in 2019 and he's been kind of all over the place <laughs> both the nfl and the college ranks uh he's also a west coast offense guy so as far as it, what i think uh, rich said during his opening press conference here was it's kind of the same tree same family of offense So the scheme will be pretty similar, but there will be different elements to it. I think you're going to see a lot of – Kentucky's got a really talented group of tight ends. I think you're going to see them involved a lot. Uh, I think the run game is going to continue, which has been a strength for you know five, six years now. I think that's going to continue and maybe even take another step. And you're actually going to see some old-fashioned fullback play. They moved uh, Jordan Dingle – or Justice Dingle, I'm sorry, they're brothers on the team. But Justice Dingle, who started his career as a defensive end at Georgia Tech, transferred into Kentucky last year, uh, and played sparingly at that position, has actually moved over to fullback and he's doing that full time. Uh so you'll see you'll see some fullback in there. You'll see some tight a lot of tight end action, but Uh, I still think they're going to throw it. I think they're going to throw it across the yard a little bit like they did last year, but they're also going to, you know, commit to the run. They're going to do whatever it takes to win. And I think, uh, I don't think there's going to be that much of a, of a um, scheme change. The only worry will be uh, what they can get from the wide receiver position with Wondell Robinson and Josh Ali gone. Uh, Those two guys accounted for, I think, 3000 plus yards and uh, outside of Tavian Robinson who comes in from Virginia tech, uh, has been their top receiver the last couple of years. Uh, there's not much experience. I don't think there's a guy with over 200 career yards uh, in the receiver room. So there's a lot of a lot of uncertainty there. Uh, who knows if there's going to be anything uh, portal wise that comes up between now and then? But uh, uh, I think from a scheme standpoint, well, it it'll be pretty similar. So uh, Chris Rodriguez
1: comes back. We don't mm-hmm. really have any questions about him. He's just a super stud, and I think underrated still. So if you guys are an SEC fan out there, and maybe not a Kentucky fan. And you don't know Rodriguez is the real deal. Like he gets the most out every single run, falls forward, very efficient runner. Uh, But the guys he's running behind, so four of six Kentucky offensive linemen who had 400 plus snaps are gone. Mm -hmm. And the offensive line coach is gone to, I think, Bama, right? So what they've recruited this spot well, but what is the,
2: what is your confidence level that they won't have a drop off here? It's actually pretty high. Um, They'll have – so they'll have two starters returning and Kenneth Horsey, who's a senior, fifth-year senior. He's got a ton of experience. He's kind of the leader – has been the leader in that locker room uh, even a little bit last year, so they won't skip a beat there. He's that left guard. And then Eli Cox, who was a midseason All-American before going down with a hand injury uh, against Tennessee, which ended his season uh, after, I believe – the last four games he missed, uh, is moving to center this year. And from all that we've seen from the spring, well, actually, he didn't play in the spring game. It was his brother's wedding. But from what we've seen from open practices and what we've heard, uh, it's been a pretty seamless transition. So very similar to what they did with Luke Fortner there last year. Um, And then they have, you know, they've recruited super, super well in the offensive line. A lot of four-star, even Kayenta Goodwin is a five-star from some services. So those guys are going to be kind of plug and play. And then as far as the coaches go, uh, what we've learned this spring is Zach Gensler, the new hire, he comes from, also comes from the 49ers. He's also, he's born in Kentucky and actually worked uh, with the late John Schlarman, who kind of built this offensive line. And he was kind of the architect behind the big blue wall and all that. Uh, He passed away from cancer. About two years ago now and last year, like you said, Eric Wolford, who came in from Alabama. But when we've talked to these offensive linemen, uh, they kind of said without saying they really didn't love Eric Wolford's coaching style. They thought he was a little too aggressive for their liking. And they think Jens are being more of that player friendly. And he reminds them of Schlarman, given their connections. Uh, it's gone a lot better. And they think they they've progressed a lot more. And some of the struggles we saw even in that Citrus Bowl game when um, – Dare Rosenthal was unable to play, and they had that opening at left tackle. Uh, I, I, I really do expect good things. I really like this coach uh, Yenzer, and I think uh, they have plenty of talent to kind of make up for what they've lost.
1: So with uh, with Robinson and, and Ali being gone, yeah. Wandale obviously because we're about to talk about another Robinson. <laughs> I mean that's that's two hundred and three out of their two hundred and eighty targets to receivers. You know, yeah. so like um, seventy <laughs> percent, and. They were pretty much by far their best weapons, especially Wandale. It felt like he was the oh, bailout yeah. button. <laughs> it was the, the, the Staples easy button or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Staples, if you want to sponsor uh, summer school, that'd be cool. <laughs> uh, they bring in Tavion
2: Robinson from from Votek. He's going to be their number one, we assume. Oh yeah, unless anything changes or there's injuries, I I think he's the guy, and he's had a good spring again from all counts. He looked really good in the spring game, and a lot of guys missed though it's the spring game, so who knows? Uh, but that's all we were really able to see. is The one open practice we were able to go as media members in the spring, and him and Will seem Will Levis seem to be hitting it off pretty good. And then, yeah, th- that's definitely a top two position to worry about with this team uh, is receiver. Though they have, re- you know talented kids uh dane key is a kid from lexington a four-star and he has been outstanding this spring and we actually just talked to him for the first time yesterday and you can tell he's mature beyond his years i think he's a guy uh, who's going to come in and play right away um i think chris lewis uh who i believe might have been a four-star prospect out of georgia when he was uh, in high school he's entering his second year uh will levis is really high on him um, so there are some guys, but it's a lot of there's a lot of questions. Um, it's it's something that you learn with experience, and we're not going to really be able to know outside of Tavion, who's you know that transfer and he's produced a, in the ACC and he'll probably do just fine here, uh, especially with a good quarterback. Um, it, it's hard to tell what is going to be of this wide receiver room, and it's definitely a valid concern uh, when you go and uh, try to project this team and how many games it can win. So what, one last question on the offense. Uh, mm-hmm. Will Levis is being projected, like, in some of these way too early
1: mock drafts for 2023 as, like, a first-round yeah. quarterback. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, he's, he's tall, he's got a big arm, and he's under seven adjusted net yards per attempt against one of the easiest schedules in the SEC. Now, yeah. it's still an SEC schedule, but, like, by SEC standards, you know, especially when you include the non-con, you know, a, a relative cakewalk to maybe, like, what, you know, like, a South Carolina draws. Sure. Yeah. Um, Am I missing something there, or are they just projecting that he's taking an, another step? Because I felt like the wow throws, yes, but then just you don't get under seven net
2: yards per attempt uh with all his wow throws if you don't have some major downs as well. So I, I think it's a combination of things. I think that one, he didn't come into Kentucky until the summer of last year. So he kind of got thrown right into the fire. He got here in July and he was the starter. So I, yeah. I don't I think there was still some continuity. Uh, that needed to be established. I think there needed to just be simply timing with his receivers that he didn't get. I think learning, you know, the playbook, which obviously is altered this year, and he was actually a part of the decision-making process when it came to hiring an offensive coordinator to show you how high uh, Stoops is on him. So uh, I think that was part of it, and I also think he was mechanically flawed a little bit i think his footwork and he's talked about this this spring his footwork where was, wasn't where it, he wanted it to be and that kind of led to some of the turnover issues i think he threw 13 picks but uh yeah like you said he has the wild wow throws he has a great arm um i think he's very uh, intelligent back there he's a great he's fearless because he will go and run, he ran for 375 yards uh, took a lot of hits and that's something they want him to cut back on a little this year but he did take a lot of hits I think he had a four rushing touchdown game against Louisville so he's a guy who can uh, get outside the pocket even with that size and make things happen so I think a year of continuity getting to know the receivers in his room is going to help I think you know the trust level that he knows he has now that his teammates really seem to gravitate toward and love him it's not kind of earning that trust like he was when he got in here last summer so so i think some comfort things might help and apparently you know he threw a little bit at um pro day which you know all 32 teams were at given uh kentucky's crop of prospects and he, he really impressed the scouts there. So there's something there. Um, I, I It's hard to, you know, again, it's hard to see from a practice where, you know, he was really efficient in the spring game, but it's the spring game. So we'll have to see what happens this, this fall. But, yeah, I could definitely see why uh, he's projected that way. I think the potential's there. Awesome. All right, so a couple here for you on the defensive side of the
1: ball. You know, solid mm-hmm. defense, kind of power rated 45th or so. Uh, yep. Defensive line – I'm a little scared here. So, you know, Josh Pascal has gone. Oddie's yep. gone. McCall's gone. Pascal had 20 tackles for loss, Yeah, but they have five guys who had 185 plus snaps last year who are back. And so my, who do you think is, is going to step up? I, I assume Kentucky feels like they're not going to have a,
2: a major drop off
1: or, or is this a real position for concern?
2: Yeah, I think the interior defensive line is going to be just fine. Cause you have Justin Rogers, who was one of the highest rated recruits ever to sign here. Uh, he was kind of just, he was kind of ready to go, but they were able to have him learn from Quentin Bohanna, who's with the Dallas Cowboys, learn behind Marquand McCall. Uh, and he's kind of in waiting and he's ready to go. It's him, Josiah Hayes, who is another big name prospect. Um, he's right there in the middle. And you got uh Trayvon Ripka, who's had a, a really everyone's just raved about his speed from the, you know, that that nose tackle spot. So I think they're fine there. And then on the defensive ends, um, I I, I think there's a little uh there are some things to be I wouldn't say concerned but to question who's going to be the guys that step up and start it might be a rotation uh guys like Samuel Anali who was a four-star guy they flipped from Miami uh the 2020 class and they also got uh Darian Henry Young who transferred in from Ohio State so we'll see what those two guys can bring but when you look at the pass rushing outside linebacker is loaded for kentucky you got jj weaver who broke out a little bit last year and he was still he played i think eight or nine months removed from tearing his acl so he wasn't even fully healthy and he had a really really solid year last year and he's going to be fully a full go and now i think in his fourth year of college and jordan wright uh who also was banged up a little bit last year uh, expected to be fully healthy same with um octavius oxydine who kind of plays that dn spot so i think from the edge uh they'll, they'll be fine and at nose tackle i think there may be some learning moments for guys like rogers hayes ripka who haven't started much but the the depth, the depth is there that's a position where they feel really comfortable and uh, i do too with what they forgot awesome uh,
1: linebacker should be a yep. major strength of this team everybody's back they were already good last year Obviously, like we already talked about the the edge guys, the interior should be just fine. So we'll end it on this four out of six DBs yeah. who had 350 <laughs> plus snaps, including Corker, who you know, Yusuf was a stud. Yeah, NFL safety. Yeah, those guys
2: are gone. Can they can they hold serve here? Like, I'm not gonna. Uh- that's my biggest concern with this whole team okay. right there. So that's <laughs> that's kind of the one spot. Uh, safety, I'm not that worried a little well i wouldn't say that i would say, if on a panic meter i'd probably put safeties at like a six i wouldn't say it's the i mean they have some depth there tyrell ajan who's uh seems to be a guy who's made a big pick and all the their kind of bl- blue chip wins throughout the years uh he's a fifth year guy he'll be the starting strong safety so you got to feel pretty good about the experience he provides there. free safety they're moving uh jalen geiger who's played mostly strong Uh, there. I don't know how that's going to work out. We just haven't seen him play enough for me to, you know, give him my full vote of confidence. And I can tell you he's not Yusuf Corker at free safety. So uh, that's a position I worry about. And then corner, um, corner is, I think, the biggest need. I think if they're going to go and add, which I think they will add someone through the transfer portal, uh, it's going to be at corner. And I think Carrington Valentine's a guy who started 12 games last year he's fine they'll be fine there he's only getting better this spring from everything we've heard and he was only a redshirt freshman last year so he's got plenty he's 6'3 he's he's got speed he's uh improved his route recognition uh from all from all work we've been able to hear this spring so I feel good about him but after that it's a huge drop off of whether it's an experience um a lot of youth, I mean, we're talking sophomores and freshmen, we're talking like true sophomores and freshmen. So, um, that cornerback two, to cornerback three, that's where, uh, you begin to have some concerns with this, uh, defensive backfield, but, um, we'll see with the portal, what that brings. And also you got to have confidence in the fact that, you know, Mark Stoops is a defensive back coach, right? I mean, he yeah. started his, um, his coaching at Really, his first major stop was Miami with Ed Reed, and that that 2001 team who's the DB's coach for. So it's kind of his specialty during the open practice. You saw he was back there helping out uh, the DB coaches. So uh, you got to feel good about them being able to get coached up, but will they be ready to play and perform at a high level in the SEC come this fall? Uh, That's the biggest question on this entire roster. Aaron
1: Gershon, CatsPaws.com. Follow him. Be sure to check out CatsPaws for all the continued reporting on Kentucky football and basketball, of course over the course of the summer and whatever moves they make in the transfer portal. Aaron, really appreciate the time. Yeah, man, Tom, Appreciate it.
0: Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring.
3: Now, get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562 314 4603 for details. Hey
1: guys, welcome back into the Cover Three College Football Podcast. This is Bud Elliott's Summer School, where we talk about some of my favorite college football teams as they finish up their spring practices. And today, we're going to talk a little South Alabama as Kane Womack enters his second year with the program and to help us out it's Doug Conkle of Jags jungle Doug welcome to the show thanks bud I'm
3: looking forward to being here
1: no doubt so uh I feel like this is a program that's uh, a, a young program uh within the FBS they they get Kane to come in pretty universally lauded higher I would say five and seven last year uh, they did manage to you know most of the power rating power rating systems actually had them you know inside the top 100 uh which is not great, but it's still an improvement over what they had
3: uh, in prior years. What, what's, what's kind of the mood there? Uh, super optimistic, I would have to say. And they started out you know, kind of a house on fire last year. They uh, suffered, unfortunately, a, a season-ending injury practically to Jake Bentley, who'd come in as a quarterback and was having an outstanding year with 70% completion rate, 17 touchdowns to eight interceptions. Uh, on the opening drive against Troy, took a low shot to the knee while he was completing a pass that got him down to, to the goal line. And that put him out basically for the rest of the season. He came back and tried to play on a torn MCL for the last game of the year to get him into a bowl game but and got him to overtime against Coastal Carolina. But couldn't quite pull out the game. But um, all in all, the direction of the program feels like exactly what everyone was hoping for when Kane Womack came back. He'd been the defensive coordinator there previously, went on to do great things at Indiana, come back again, and and, and brought as good a defense as he had before and even better so I think um, I, I think the, the mood going into this season is this should be the bowl season. This should be the breakthrough year. They finally win more than six games. I think everyone thinks the direction is very positive. No doubt
1: about it. And uh, the, this, I feel like the Sun Belt this year is a little more winnable. I mean, we, we don't really know what Coastal will be because everybody's kind of watching to see what will happen with Grayson. Obviously, ULL, I, I think, we should project to take a step back. App will likely be App. Um Georgia State feels like they have a good team, but you know, Troy's turned over, and uh, we don't really know what we're going to get out of, out of Monroe. Um, not sure they can take another step, so I, I, can, I can see the path.
3: Uh, Carter Bradley, is, is he the presumptive starter here now? He is. He, he did not get awarded the starting job during the spring, but I'm not so sure that wasn't by design for two reasons. One is uh, Desmond Trotter, who'd been a part-time starter in the past and was pressed into duty last year. To be honest, didn't do that well last year, but also he didn't know the offense very well last year. Um, I think they need to keep him around to have depth. They learned that last year, and he did take some strides forward as well. I shouldn't sell him short. Um, and also, I think in case you wanted to bring in another quarterback over the summer, you want to make sure that isn't a job they look at and say that's already locked up. But I, but I will tell you this: Carter Bradley has very much impressed everybody. He's the son of Gus Bradley. Uh, former Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, current defensive coordinator for the Oakland Raiders. The guy knows football, and everybody that's seen him this spring raves about his arm talent. They said it is an elite arm. It's an NFL arm, and they think under offensive coordinator Major Applewhite, they can settle him down and make him into the kind of starter they need to have to win those games I talked about. And Applewhite was there last year, correct? He was, yeah, that was his okay, first year right. as well. And uh, um, you know the offense took a step forward. They they started scoring. They went from 19 and a half or so points per game to about 24 and a half, which is a nice step forward. Of yeah. course, they want to do much much better. And I will tell you this: I was guaranteed today by a member of the South Alabama staff that the offense will be much improved, despite the loss of Jalen Tolbert, who's probably going to go on the second day of the draft coming up in about a week. That
1: that's actually where I was going to go with this next. I I, I have always liked Carter Bradley. I. I Feel like I need him to do something, otherwise my eval on him is, is going to turn out to, you know, to, to, to be wrong. But I, I always thought he could, you know, he could play. Like he wasn't a, a stud recruit, but he was pretty good, and I, I thought he was a nice get for Toledo because, if I recall, he was actually injured his senior. His, I think his senior season he was hurt, uh, and so he didn't, maybe didn't get to to show out like we thought he might show out following the Elite Eleven uh, that he participated in that summer before his senior year. Uh, but Jalen Tolbert's no joke. And South Alabama knew he was no joke, and they they threw him 135 passes last year, and he caught 82 for 1474 and eight touchdowns, uh, right. double coverage rate uh, over 50%. So um, that is a lot to replace. And it also affects the offense when team – I'm going to assume here they don't
3: have somebody else that has to be double covered at pretty much all times, right? Probably not. And now there is uh, Jalen Wayne who caught 53 passes last year. And Jalen Wayne is the nephew of Reggie Wayne, by the way. So another familial connection of football. Um, and he's a very good player. He is a physical specimen and he can run. Uh, but he's, he's not the guy who knocks the top off the defense like Jalen Tolbert. Uh, they have a kid named Colin Lacey. who, has a freshman last year caught, I think 41 passes. So there was a lot of guys who caught a lot of passes, um, but nobody with that kind of explosiveness. But I do think in general, the receiving core is going to be even better Because of those two guys I mentioned, Uh, Alan Daly is a transfer from Kentucky, who's a starter there, came in last year. And, you know, this is probably a danger of the transfer portal when guys go from P5 to G5. I think he thought he'd walk in and he owned the receiver room. And he realized, I think, after he was there for a while, like, these guys are really good and I'm not the best guy in this room. And he quit the team last year after just a game or two. Um, he came back now for the spring. He's actually had a great spring, so i exe- expect him to take a step forward. And then D.J. Thomas, DeMarcus Thomas, transferred him from Ole Miss. He's a local kid from Mobile. He's been very impressive, too. I think they're going to be more explosive at tight end. I think they're going to have more quality receivers across the board, and that's going to help uh, help make up for the loss of Tolbert. But more important than all that is the running game has to improve. They averaged three yards a carry last year. Um, they brought in Ladanium Webb, who Florida State fans might remember was – Pretty impressive in his eight games or so he was there. Uh, he came in from junior college where he led the nation in rushing. Explosive, compact guy. They think he can do a lot. And the offensive line was not good last year, but I think they're bringing in some pieces now. Dante Lucas, another Florida State guy, came in for the spring, and uh, the him plus some other additions they're hoping to make pretty soon are probably going to help make a difference and, and make the offense more improved in that regard too.
1: Yeah, I I, I really like that you know South Al has what seven of their top 8 offensive linemen back but by, by snap count i mean if, if even if they weren't improving the talent around it those guys are still more you know more experienced than, than they were they're adding you know a couple couple transfers uh Ladeni Webb can play like if he's got his mind right he can play um there's no doubt about it like that, that that's a power 5 level back if he, if he can just kind of you know stay straight ahead for exactly, for yeah. 12 games um Dante Lucas i i think you know well, I'm interested to see what they get get out of him. I, I always always got along with Dante as far as interviewing and whatnot, and I mm-hmm. uh, you know, hope, hope he can do well there. Um, defensively, though this this team was was pretty damn good, and it should be nice and stout up front again. I mean, it, basically everybody comes back, right?
3: Unless I'm missing the, or somebody who transferred out. No, even more interesting than everybody coming back is there are two players who didn't play last year <laughs> that had started the year before that both missed for injury. That's Maurice Strong, an interior defensive lineman. And Jamie Sheriff at defensive end and Sheriff coming back now is probably their best individual pass rusher. They did pretty good in pass rush last year. They had about 32 sacks. A lot of that was schematic though. Um, and you know, when you're, when you're getting sacks in that way, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. And, and therefore there were some more vulnerabilities in the defense, but they think they have the guys to win some one-on-one matchups up front. So they can actually do an even better job in coverage. So I, I think they're looking forward to, to that front four being a big piece and the linebacker crew bringing back just about everybody added James Miller from Indiana, where he played for Kane Womack. He owned the spring. He was probably the best player, honestly, in the whole team for the spring. So they got even stronger to strong areas. That front seven, like you just said, going to be probably one of the best in the G five. It's going to be that good.
1: How, how worried are you, if you are worried uh, about the secondary L- last year, passing explosiveness, if the defense had an Achilles Hill, it was probably that. I mean, I, I felt like they could have been better in rushing success rate, like they did a decent job of not allowing explosive runs, but on a down and down basis, you could run on them some, uh, but passing explosiveness was really sort of the issue that stood out to me in, in interviewing the defense. Uh, they lose a lot in the secondary. It looks like uh, what, what, what are you looking like there, Doug? Right. First, I'll say real quick about the run defense. You're right. They're really good in
3: havoc plays. So a lot of times they can get you down for a two yard loss and make you have to work for that second and from that second and 12, but, but there were some times you could be run on pretty easily, but, um, Daryl Luter's a cornerback, uh, who's returning. He's going to be the next guy drafted off this defense. He was, according to pro football focus, one of the best defensive backs in the nation last year actually had more passes defensive, and intercepted than completions against him for the year. I mean, he, he's a lockdown dude. Uh, so he's helpful. Keith Gallman is a safety who's been an all conference guy. He's coming back for his final year a fifth season of playing. So they've got some pieces back there. Yam banks is at their Husky kind of a Rover position, um, another returning guy, young player, who was really good last year. But they are definitely uh, going to need some more guys at safety and corner. They brought in two Ole Miss transfers, Jamar Richardson, who had been a corner, got moved to a receiver at Ole Miss, coming back and going back to corner again. Uh, looked pretty good in the spring. Uh, a guy named Jaden Jackson uh, is going to play some safety for him. Um, and they've got a couple pieces internally. But they they probably are a little thin back there. That is, like you said, the Achilles heel of the defense. I think it's still pretty good but it could probably get a little better still.
1: No doubt about it. Um, So looking at South Al here, if I were to tell you they were favored in
3: six games, does that seem fair? Yeah, that seems fair. I I mean, they've got a lot to prove. Uh, I I know that they they have a lot of potential, and I really feel confident this is a really good coaching staff. And year two is when you really start seeing coaching staffs pay dividends. And they're doing a good job, I think, of roster management improvement. I think uh, if you told me they're favorite in six ones, I would would be happy with that right now. I think they'll win more than that. But, you know, starting the season, I think that's a very fair assessment. So I'm a father of what? I
2: got to find a babysitter.
4: Hey guys, I'm Bud
1: Elliott and welcome back into the Cover 3 podcast. This is our summer school edition and today we're going to talk a little South Carolina with the big Spurs Hal McGranahan. Hal, Hal, come on man. How long have I known you calling you Hal? It's Hal, Hal McGranahan. <laughs> how you been dude? Doing well, how about yourself? Uh, can't can't complain man, just knocking out a whole bunch of these. I think this is the 50th we've done. So uh, it is, uh, it's a lift but I'm learning a whole lot about these teams and uh, kind of changing my mind on on quite a few of them actually as we get the local experts on to discuss them. Uh South Carolina is a, a team that I feel like it's had an just an excellent offseason overall and, and a nice, nice first year under Shane Beamer. Um, you know, seven and six record. I think they finished 66th in the overall kind of meshing of, of of the power ratings. Um a team that was certainly if you know people listen to the cover three locks pod was was very good to me as far as the preseason bets last year. I thought the over over four and over three and a half and, and four and a half were were very uh goodbyes and, and they they cashed
4: it so i was i was loving that mood in, in columbia's gotta be, gotta be pretty nice right yeah confidence levels are pretty high around here folks are fired up about the way things went last year uh exceeding expectations winning seven games and in, in the fashion that they did uh with the bowl game and and, and beating north carolina and, and playing as well as they did up in charlotte We're able to exercise some demons up there at, at that stadium and build some nice momentum with the offseason of course getting all these transfers with Spencer Rattler and Austin Stogner from Oklahoma got the, the ball rolling there and, and is really uh, helping build some of that momentum and, and adding to the excitement coming off of year one under, under Beamer. So yeah, folks are fired up and, and, and really looking forward to see where this thing can go under on, in year two uh, with the staff. Let's start with that offense. So last year,
1: uh, power rated 86th um, that, it was effective at times, and at other times, kind of frustrating to watch. Obviously, the strength of the team was was certainly more on the defensive side. Uh, 96th in rushing efficiency, 60th in passing efficiency, but they, they did lean on the run, obviously. I think teams knew they were, they were largely going to, to lean on the run. So I think that played into it. If you know it's coming, it's a little easier uh, to stop at times. But Beamer's now reunited with, with, with Spencer Rattler, who was really good in 2020 and, and in 2021 – had some struggles. Obviously, it's hard to fight off Caleb Williams, uh, if you're number one kid prior year, and you're you're the number one kid in your own year. They they got to be pretty
4: excited about Rattler, though. They are, and and you know, Bud, I I was just double checking Rattler's numbers before we got started from last season. And and granted, like you said, it it wasn't a great season for him, and certainly didn't live up to his expectations or anyone at Oklahoma's expectations. But his completion percentage, yards per attempt, rating. Uh, those numbers were all pretty, pretty uh, substantially better than uh, really any South Carolina quarterback has put up in the last almost ten years or so. So, if he's somehow able to to replicate those numbers or come anywhere close to to matching them or even exceeding them, uh, I, I think it's going to be a, a good season, uh, especially on that side of the ball. Um, granted, it's it's not Lincoln Riley calling plays, and and maybe not some of the same. Uh, types of, of skilled players on the outside that, that he's got to work with, but they've got a pretty good collection of talent, uh, a lot of which is from the portal, um, and and some returning guys and Josh Van at receiver and and a stable running backs that that's pretty talented as well. So yeah, again, everybody's fired up and excited because there there's reason to be. And 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 I think uh it, it definitely starts on that side of the ball and and obviously at quarterback with with a guy like Rattler.
1: I I feel like um Teams are going to have to respect the passing game more now. You know, like like last year, I know their their passing game was technically more efficient than the run game. That's kind of a, a stats thing. It's like, of course it was because everybody was loading up against the run, most every chance they got. You know, Rattler, I also had Rattler uh, as a bit unlucky last year. If you look at the number of interceptable passes he threw uh, versus the number that were actually picked, uh, I think DBs just kind of had magnet hands on him last year. I, I don't think he'll he'll maintain a you know just a two to one. Touch to interception ratio. It'll probably be a little bit better than that, even going to South Carolina. And I you look at these at these receiving options, you know, Josh Fan, you got joiner. I think Bell's an interesting kind of flex weapon for you. Stogner comes over at tight end. Corey Rucker from Arkansas State is is he is in, right? Uh
4: Corey Rucker is he's still finishing up at Arkansas State as we record this. Um he's but he'll be in, you know, by the time they get rolling with the summer program. I mean, I, I, we, we did the
1: Arkansas State preview with, with Jeff from, from A State Nation, and uh, he's going to be sorely missed at Arkansas State. And like, that's a nice collection of, of, of talent. Like, it may not be like what Bama has, but I feel like a lot of schools out there would really enjoy having that level of talent. Um, and I, I liked Kevin Harris, and I really like Saquandre White when he had his head screwed on straight. And I feel like you know, a nice redemption story for him there at South Carolina. But Christian Beale Smith was a very patient runner last year for Wake. They're going to miss him. And I think Marshawn Lloyd, he could be kind of a sleeper candidate, right? Am I talking myself into this? Should I be? <laughs> I,
4: I I mean I'm with you, man. It's uh with with Marshawn, obviously he's he's entering his third year. Uh, his first year he tore his ACL, and I think it was the second practice in camp that that season. So he was still sort of working his way back last year, and, and didn't quite have that same explosiveness and. and you could just tell he went. He went quite all the way back. I think maybe confidence had a lot to do with that. You know, you, as you know, Bud, some guys just takes yeah. him a little longer to get to get the the physical part going with the mental part, and, and and he looked really really solid this spring from the handful of times we got to go to practice and watch, and and then of course with the spring game, um, if, if you see any of those highlights, he he looks like the guy he was coming out of high school. So, lot to be excited about there. Um, it, Juju McDowell, who who's a second year guy, is is more of their scat back type of, type of deal, who, who was pretty productive when when he got some opportunities last season. Um, and then Rashad Amos, who is sort of the fourth back and forgotten man for, for lack of a better phrase, uh, is really talented in his own right. Hadn't played a lot over the course of his career, but, but they're, they're pretty deep and, and yeah, bringing in someone like Christian Bill Smith, who was really productive at Wake Forest is going to go a long way. And I think he's just going to kind of do whatever they need him to do. Um, probably be a more of a versatile type of player, whether it's, you know, running, running in short yardage or, or playing some on special teams, whatever the case may be uh, that, that group, you know, top to bottom. I mean, I didn't mention Lavoisier Carroll, the the Georgia transfer, who's, you know, trying to figure out how to play running back again since he was a DB at Georgia. So, so it's a deep, talented group. And and it's going to be really interesting to see how it shakes out over the, over the course of the season. All right. So I, I- reasonable confidence that is going to be
1: good. I guess we'll wait and see if he's going to be great, but certainly a big upgrade there. Receiver's better than it's been in, in a number of years. Backs, we think, are fine. i got to ask you about this. So I, in looking at this, the offensive line returns, I think, all nine guys who played 100 snaps last year. And this is one of the most experienced offensive lines that I've done. And I've done about 50 of these previews so far. However, looking at like their advanced stats – screen it's it's all red like they're they're blown block percentage run and pass last year was just garbage and i'm curious like are there is is the bet here that the, just the more experience makes these guys better or are there some young guys waiting in the wings who are going to come up and steal starting spots or are there guys here who i'm not picking up on that maybe got hurt last year who expect to be back and healthy who are going to take these starting spots because that if it's just the same five who played the number of like the the top snaps last year I mean they're back they're more experienced but they were flat out bad last year at times even against some of the lesser teams I'm where do you see I you've seen improvement so why or where
4: uh well tackles kind of a an interesting situation there, there was a guy who was hurt last year for about half the season Dylan Wanham who's started at right tackle since since he was a freshman um however many years ago that was he's he's entering his his fifth season um another guy who could start to tackle Jakai Moore was, was sort of banged up last year he, he's someone they've they're probably going to count on whether it's as a starter or coming in and and uh, playing behind a couple of the guys who, who are coming out of spring as a starter so yeah it's it's a little bit like like you said but like you know you got a bunch of guys coming back but there there have definitely been some issues and, and some of that may might be talent related um, some of it could be, what they were doing with the, within the scheme and, and making things a little challenging for those guys up front last season. And, and as a staff, they've, they've talked about that and, and addressed it publicly and, and, and seem to be committed to trying to to take less off of those guys and and make it easier for them uh, quite frankly. So yeah, the interior I think is relatively solid. Eric Douglas, who, who's been a starter at center for a couple seasons and, and Javon Gwynn, who who's going to play right guard, He's been the right guard for several seasons, and a guy in Vershawn Lee at left guard. I, I, I think maybe they're better than some of those numbers would indicate. And, and granted, they are what they are, but uh, I, I, w- I would think that, that it's going to be an improved group this year. And maybe some of that has to do with with some stuff they're doing on on within the scheme and, and again trying to make things easier for them. But but you can't you can't really ignore uh, starting four quarterbacks over the course of a thirteen game season that that affects an offensive line, uh, in my opinion. And, and maybe those guys would say otherwise, um, maybe the coaches would say otherwise, but, but if you're, if you're rolling a different guy in and out every couple yeah. of games, that's, that's going to affect things. For, for sure.
1: And, uh, Hey, you could be Virginia where you lost all six players who, uh, who, who started the game last year. So that's, uh, <laughs> you know, pr- perspective. I, I think it's safe to assume this offense makes a pretty good jump this year. Uh, I mean, it, 89th, I I can't see that again. I I, like you got to think they're going to be top half of college football at the very least. And maybe they get they get to that top third range. Then, you know, depending on how things fall, and we'll talk defense in a second here, potentially like second in the East could be up for grabs if if the offense can get up and become like a top 40, like 89th. If you go like 89th, like 35th or something like that, then there's real potential there. Uh, I I do want to talk defense with you. Um, Obviously, we're, we're running a little bit long, but I, I think it's been a, a fun conversation. We're learning a whole lot. DB should just be locked solid again, right? Like, no, no real questions there. I feel like a couple more explosive plays last year allowed than I think you'd like, but they're pretty experienced and uh Camp Smith is stud.
4: Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say don't worry about the group as a whole. And, and certainly okay. most South Carolina fans wouldn't say that. and, and that's mostly because of what's at safety um they they brought in Devonnie reed a, a graduate transfer from central michigan who was a really solid player there and and stepped right in here and is going to be a starter um and and part of part of why i said what i said to to start into this was was rj roderick who's who started for you know three and a half years and um i i think he's had some some good moments but but there's some there have been some bad moments that that are really Noticeable. I mean, and th- that tends to be the case when, when you're playing safety, like your mistakes are, are really magnified. Um, but he's he's had some some issues over the year, whether it's just, you know, taking bad angles, missing tackles, whatever the case may be. Uh, and, and a lot of that s- sort of sticks with South Carolina fans. So I, I don't want to sit here and, and, and talk about a secondary that's just locked and loaded, rock solid, all that kind of stuff, because th- there are some deficiencies uh, at, at safety. Um, and and there's really not any depth behind those guys either. It's, um, of course there, there are bodies there and and they've got some, a bunch of freshmen coming in, but, you know, during the spring game, bud, um, there were walk-ons starting at six. Okay. So that, that's sort of where they are at at that position, but at corner, like you said, with, with Cam Smith, um, who, who's a really talented guy. He, he actually played some at nickel during the spring, uh, because of the, the returning starter, um, was out so they they moved cam inside to to play there and it was more at the time when they got started there it was it was just like hey let's let them learn the position get um more all around as a player develop more all around as a player and by the end of spring shane beamer's talking like he he was full go ready to to make cam smith the the guy at nickel and and we'll, we'll see how that shakes out clearly but uh you return a guy in darius rush who you know this time last year if if you, you were are talking about Darius Rush as a starting cornerback, folks would have had some serious concerns. And he he had a really good season and, and is just much improved from from where he was twelve months ago. And Marcellus Dyles, another guy who could get potentially start at cornerback if if Cam does indeed slide into to that nickel spot. Um and then some other younger guys behind them that uh that are that are pretty good players as well. So it's it's uh it's a pretty solid group uh Especially a cornerback, with with maybe some question marks at safety, um, but but a, again, a guy like Devontae Reed is going to come in and shore things up and, and help them uh, really solidify that position as best they can.
1: I'm writing here for my power ratings notes. If safety injuries downgrade, okay. <laughs> yes. Um, so linebacker Staley's gone. The kind of the advanced stats hate Brad Johnson, like missed tackle percentage pretty high. Uh, you know. Passing game, yards allowed uh, per pass fairly high. It is he still projected to start? I know he, you know, he played all 13 last year and played you know, almost 700 snaps. What What's kind of going on there at linebacker?
4: Yeah, uh, Brad Johnson is is one of the two starters at this point, uh, as we see here at the end of April. Um, Sherrod Green, who who was a starter at, at the Mike spot going into to last season and after the first couple games, I, I think it was the – Second drive or into the first drive in the Georgia game that uh he he had an injury and missed the rest of the season. And and similar story with with, with Sherrod uh in 2020 when, when he got injured in the Tennessee game, which was the opener. Um so assuming Sherrod is healthy and available, he's he's gonna be at one of those two spots. Um Brad Johnson, like you said, um is coming back and is a starter now, but I, I think the staff would, would kind of like to see Muhammad Kaba. Uh, who's pretty highly recruited guy coming out of high school very talented player and uh I, I think they really want to see him push and, and maybe get one of those two spots um, then they they've got a couple other guys and uh and Debo Williams who transferred from Delaware last year who's uh, who could potentially push for for time as well um, and, and some other some other names in there but uh, yeah that that top three and they are base four to five so they' they're rolling two most of the time Um but that, but that top three would would be, you know, not necessarily in this order: Sherrod Green, Brad Johnson, and, and Mokaba. And then defensive line wise, uh, Zach Pickens is back. Jordan Birch is the
1: name I think recruiting fans will, will certainly remember. Uh, Ellis and Sterling are gone. Enigbari uh, is gone. Enigbari, fifteen percent pressure rate last year, uh, and it's, I mean that that's uh, he's credited with fifteen uh, interceptions or deflections caused, which is really pretty good uh are they can they hold I don't, know, I, I don't want to ask it in a negative way can they be better on the d line you think they'll take a step back can they hold sir what what's kind of your thought there it looks
4: like stats wise kingsley's a pretty big hole yeah they they need to do better uh, across the board as a group um and and that's going to be tough to do when you lose your best guy your most productive guy like you're throwing out all those numbers and and they're they're pretty significant but but they've got some some talented guys who could potentially come in and come close to replicating him i think um jordan strawn who transferred from georgia state last year in 2020 he he was tied for the lead in the country in sacks i think he had 10 and a half that season yeah um and and he played played a pretty decent amount last year with jordan birch and without Mm -hmm. getting too into the weeds about the rotation uh the neither of those guys got a ton of pass rush opportunities especially the first half to you know two-thirds of the season and Think some of that is because uh Inbare was just so good that way. So um, Jordan Burch, Jordan Strong are, are the top two guys who who talented, but uh really haven't shown it yet at, at South Carolina, maybe in flashes. Um, but but those two guys uh, are, are gonna step up and, and have the opportunity to to fill to fill that void and, and maybe the depth isn't the best there. they, they got to transfer in Terrell Dawkins from NC State who's he had some success there. It wasn't always used in, in the best way as far as what suited his skill set. But uh, they're they're going to allow him to to maybe play uh, and, and do some things that that really complement his game. And and you know, inside at tackle with Zach Pickens and uh, Alex Huntley, Tonka Hemingway, they, they've got some some pretty talented guys. Um, but maybe some of that production wasn't quite there last season with what they gave up on the ground. Um, which is you know gives me a little bit of pause i think and i think a lot of folks around here a little bit of pause with with maybe how how good that group actually is so i while talented there's still s- something to prove uh with those guys
1: it is it crazy to think that the offense could be better than the defense i mean i know that'd be a huge flip from where it was a year ago but it, it just in talking to you it almost sounds like the offense has a chance to be a better unit than the defense
4: i i don't think that's too far-fetched to say bud no i okay. i mean they you know, they, they addressed a lot of needs with the portal and the majority of them were on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, maybe, maybe it's a little easier to go go and pick out some, some good receivers as opposed to going and picking out some, some really good defensive ends and tackles because, you know, there aren't a lot of those guys and, yeah. and when they are available, you know, the big boys want them too. So it's hard to go get them, but, uh, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I think we could be, you know, sitting here six, seven months from now talking about a a, a really good offense and the defense, it, you know, it, they might be pretty good, but uh, you know, I, I think maybe pretty good is is really the the most realistic ceiling uh, at this point for for that side of the ball. We
1: we don't talk a whole lot of special teams uh, on on this show unless the special teams had a huge part in the teams, you know, winning or losing. Like we talked Nebraska because they have lost like every game due to special teams. I feel like, but uh, Parker White to me really stands out as a guy that made a. Uh, a lot of clutch kicks in in, in these tight games. Uh, one of the top five in the country in field goal efficiency. He's gone, Craig. I have him as a cross off on, on my sheet. What what's uh,
4: what's South Carolina going to do there? Yeah, they've got they're going to have a three man race. It was it was a two man battle during the spring because one of the guys who, who transferred from Arizona State was injured. Uh, Jack Luckhurst is his name. Um, so he'll be back in June and, and get into the mix with with Mitch Jeter who who did some kickoffs last year as a scholarship guy, and, and Alex Herrera, who's a, a, a local kid from, from here in Columbia, who's, who's a walk-on, but um, seems to be firmly in the mix for, for that job. Um, Jeter's got a little more leg strength and and probably just overall talent is, is a little bit better. But uh, Herrera is really accurate and seems to be very consistent. And, and I can't remember the exact percentages they were, charted on throughout the spring but uh you know i think it was in that high 80s is, is what those guys were making their kicks during spring practice so um obviously a lot different when, when you're doing Don't it on but uh yeah it's, it's but, still it, encouraging though yeah and 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 they they seem to be encouraged by it and, and when you have a coordinator and pete limbo who's um you know a pretty renowned special teams guy and and that's that is his job he doesn't do special teams and coach, you know, linebackers or whatever. He's just so all special teams all the time. So uh, I think there's some value in, in that as well um, with, with that group across the board. Hale McGrenahan, TheBigSpur.com,
1: the best source out there for South Carolina content. I know we'll be reading all, all through the summer. we will have to have you on again for the fall, Do a little final season preview. Hale, really appreciate the time, man. Of course, bud. Thank you. All right, that's the bell. Cover three college football summer school is over for today. But don't worry, we'll be back soon with even more episodes filling you in on the top teams in college football. Please give us those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow us on YouTube and on Twitter at Cover3Podcast. And we'll see you all soon.